This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and uh, today we're going to be talking about the implementation of and the execution of innovation and commercialization here in Malaysia. And we're doing this because tomorrow and Friday, uh, we've got the Malaysia Commercialization Year 2023 Summit that's going on, and there's bound to be a lot of announcements coming up from that as we strive to create a more engaging and exciting startup ecosystem here in Malaysia. This year, the event highlights the success of commercialization in products, technologies and services born out of things like research development, commercialization and innovation efforts by universities, institutions and local research agencies. I mean, a great example of this, uh, not necessarily a Malaysian one, but it was two weeks ago I spoke to I-Square Cool, who used technology that was developed at the University of Hong Kong and commercialized it to build a business that I interviewed on Open for Business. That one was radiative paint uh, inspired by Saharan ants. So that was a pretty interesting conversation. But again, this highlights the importance of R&D and then using that R&D to create products and services uh, going forward. Now, the event also gives an opportunity to discover the importance and economic prospects of innovation and entrepreneurship, as well as commemorating the accomplishments of local researchers and entrepreneurs who have successfully commercialized their R&D products and technology service in both local and international markets. If you've got any thoughts here, feel free to get in touch with us over our over WhatsApp on our U Mobile number that's zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Once again, that's our U Mobile number zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Drop us a note on WhatsApp. Uh, with me in the studio this afternoon to talk about this and more is Dato. Dr. Mohammad Nur Asman bin, As- bin Hassan, Deputy Secretary General for Technology Development at the Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation, more commonly known as MOSTI. He oversees the policies and development of the science, technology and innovation ecosystem to support the socio-economic development of the country. Uh, Dr. Asman, thank you for joining me and welcome to the studio. Thank you, Roshan. Thank you for having me here. Um Good to um, have this feeling um, on the, on the t- topic of discussion today. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is your this is your bread and butter, right? This is something that you've been focused on for four years now. You've been with the ministry. Uh, yeah, slightly more than that, four and a half years. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the event and I guess the aims here, right? Because we have all sorts of events, and sometimes we want to see a tangible. Um, uh, product come up from that. So mm. the Malaysia Commercialization, Commercialization Year 2023 Summit happening tomorrow and Friday, the spirit of the MCY initiative overall is to increase the effectiveness of commercialization efforts through uh, the synergistic cooperation of various stakeholders. Um, easier said than done, Dato. It sounds really good, but also quite vague. Um, what does this actually look like and feel in practice? Right? How are we aligning all these various stakeholders? Well, thank you, Roshan. There's a lot of um, background activities happening um, when they talk about trying to bring uh, various stakeholders and and engaging them with uh, the target, uh, so to speak, audience. So when you talk about commercialization, um, where a lot of uh, stakeholders are playing their role in regards to bringing uh, uh, potential products to the market. So commercialization means how do we bring um, ideas when they translate it into um, into products through process called R and D, and eventually bringing them to the market. So, event, I mean, from, from the very beginning, um, there are agencies or stakeholders that look into funding, that look into uh, perhaps uh, developing uh, market uh, access, and also training and providing business acumen or, or skills to to the so-called technopreneurs. 
Um, so bringing the, all of these stakeholders, I mean, a lot of things at the background are happening. Um, although it's not really, um, well, I mean, talk as, as a public, you don't, don't see that uh, unless you're really um, facing them, those things, those kind of things like the technopreneurs. Um, so, like for example, if we uh, we work uh, mostly through our agencies, for example, Maranti that looks into commercialization acceleration. Uh, they're working with uh, funding agencies like Cradle, Mathcap, and so on and so forth. And mostly is also, also alongside uh, the agent, an agency like MIPO under the Ministry of uh, Home of uh, Home uh, Domestic Trade uh, that looks into uh, IP, how to commercialize IP, and how to protect your your property, uh, intellectual property, and so on and so forth. So we work to um, to together with technopreneurs uh, to guide them. Uh, due diligently doing um, study on their product and and see what are their ideas in terms of market access. Mm. So a lot of these are happening at the background, uh, actively uh, doing it all throughout the year, non-stop, uh, with universities, with agencies, even even with uh, angel investors or high net worth uh, individuals. So these are things that uh, maybe perhaps when you say vaguely happening, uh, because it's it's not really um, I mean technopreneurs are the kind kinds of geeks or something like <laughs> they they don't really speak um, and publicly is what they're doing uh, so we're trying to show uh, showcase all these successes. I understand, right? So basically, what you've illustrated there is all the different stakeholders at play here. So it's not necessarily just about the business, about the R and D creators mm-hmm. and uh, executors and the ministry, but also the other players in the field, including the entrepreneurs themselves. Uh, and over this two-day summit, we get to see some of the success stories that come out from all the background activities that have been going ongoing throughout the year. Um, do you have any success stories from past summits that you can share with us to show us, mm-hmm. I guess, um, how effective these summits have been in the past? So it, was, it started in 2016 uh, when we, re- we renamed it into, at a national level to become this Malaysia Commercialization Year. So it's not like uh, Malaysia, I mean, visit Malaysia a year where you have it <laughs> like five years or maybe within five years and we have one. It's actually in every year. Uh, we, I mean, it's, it's a commemorative, um, I mean, every year kind of event uh, that uh, we select uh, the best performer in terms of commercializing their products and services. So successes have been um, seen um, through, uh, through seeing them able to generate revenue by assessing markets that they have not done before, completing their products and convincing investors to, f- to give follow-on funding to develop further scaling mm-hmm. up and so on and so forth. Um, let's say, for example, we had uh, the first one in 2016, uh, a company uh, that, that are involved in oil and gas. They, they, they work with our national uh, petroleum company. Uh, testing their uh, their products in real in the real world, where they can actually um, uh, reduce the time from of of fixing cracks in the oil well from uh, a day to to a few hours uh, in situ kind of on on the spot kind of uh, fixing. So that project just we funded the, that project is in less than I think less than two million. Uh, but they managed to get fifty million dollars worth of projects uh, or uh, contract from um, I mean, FMA is from uh, a company from from middle from the Middle East. Um, so many others came afterwards. After that, every year we have a lot of uh, success stories. Uh, who won? I mean, we we sort of convert them with the best performer. Uh, so that was one in 2016 that I I quoted as the best in that year. 
So every year we have similar but different kind of products and technologies. Um, I mean, you see not just in oil and, oil and gas, high tech kind of, uh, yeah. but also in consumers. So I was going to say, you know, a lot of times when we talk about innovation, we think of high tech, we think of oh. digital, but yeah. really innovation happens everywhere in all industries. Uh, in that situation where you brought up the crack uh, in an oil well, uh, the ability to, to sort that out within a day saves the oil company a lot of money in terms of lost revenue and things like that. So mm. you're making uh, efficiencies in the way they do business. Um, and that's so. What that's one particular thing. And ONG is very big in Malaysia. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is also agribusiness is really uh, mm. an area of focus here. Now, have you seen any particular initiatives or success stories over the last few years that you know have caught your attention when it comes to agriculture? Well, it's still a challenge when you talk about ensuring the country ha- will have this security of supply yeah. in terms of food security. I mean, I think all over the world the same. And it goes uh, to, to to I mean to governments around the world trying to ensure that. Uh, so this is where our focus is also there uh, that most of gives. Uh, we are starting. We are starting to see the use of technology to to uh, in agricultural uh, practices. Um, recently, um, I mean, Cradle, for example, and Mosti funded these uh, particular startups in biotechnology. So they work on um, ensuring. I mean, and a technology that that f- sort of produce more male prawns. Uh, instead of female prawns, because male are usually bigger than female, so they they use technology, uh, biotechnology, to produce this female offspring, and and they created they now create are creating more uh, contract farming using their offspring, or rather uh, the seed, and produce more. This is an agri- agriculture business. Interesting. So, yeah. It's now in in Luko that this particular so you interesting a way of increasing the yield of that yes, farming. Yes, correct. Um, Nato, before we continue, I just want to jump back towards the term commercialization. I think mm-hmm. you explained a little bit earlier. Uh, ultimately, it's it's you know we talk a lot about it when, it talk, when we talk to startups and businesses, mm-hmm. and it's about figuring out how to use uh, research and development and intellectual property mm-hmm. to create products and sell them. Right? I think mm-hmm. that's the thing that maybe we underestimate. It, commercialization is, is is important because then you that's how you create a sustainable business so that this can continue going over the longer term. Uh, essentially. Bottom line, it's the process of bringing new products or services to market. Um, could you maybe give us a sense of what the process of commercialization, uh, the process itself looks like uh, mm-hmm. uh, behind the scenes? Well, um, as I said initially, I mean, early on, there, I mean, when you have an idea, I mean, come, you're either a researcher or an innovator. Mm-hmm. If you're a researcher, normally you come, you will be coming from uh, research institutions or university uh, setting. Uh, or if you're an innovator, you can you can always. Uh, I mean, innovators can come from from all walks of uh, of life. You have, if you're in, in kampung folks, or you you're involved in some businesses, and you're trying to figure out how to do how to do it better in terms of producing more and in a shorter time uh, short uh, time span. Um, so that is where idea comes from at the very beginning, and then. How do you prove that 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 idea into into a theory that 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 theory works? Like for example, if you want to make sure that the male prawn can be actually be produced in theory uh, consistently uh, using biotechnology, then you have to test that theory. So this is where you require fund, or require more talent, expertise, and infrastructure and facilities to do that. And the next step is to actually try to produce it uh, in, a, in a working prototype. Um, so, for example, the crack—I um, mean, the, the the machine or the equipment that 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 
seal the crack of that oil wheel, mm-hmm. you have to first develop a prototype in a small scale setting. Then yeah. Again, requires funding, and then you have to scale it up further at precom. This is still not commercialization. Precom means that you have maybe perhaps if you want to produce 100 shoes. Uh, that can can help you spring uh, I mean, do a sprint of nine <laughs> sprinting in nine point five seven seconds that point zero one second faster than Usain Bolt anyway, then you'll be able to uh, test it in uh, before it's commercialized. Then only that commercialis- commercialization stage where you have to find partners, for example, uh, and more funds and and market and the first market to, to test and and to, to penetrate. This is that commercialization stage after the pre-com and before. Is it's 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 where it's it could be the hardest. Uh, folks, I've been speaking with uh, uh, Dr. Muhammad Noor Azman bin Hassan, Deputy Secretary General of for Technology Development at the Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation, and we've been talking about innovation and commercialization. We'll be back in just a few minutes, uh, so stay tuned to BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. Behind famous men, BFM eighty nine point nine. The Business Station. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kanesan, and today I'm speaking with Dato Dr. Mohammad Noor Azman bin Hassan, Deputy Secretary General for Technology Development at the Ministry Science Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation, more commonly known as MOSTI, uh, in the lead up to a Malaysia Commercialization Year 2023 summit that's happening tomorrow and Friday. I've been talking to the to Azman about commercialization and innovation, maybe some of the things that we take for granted, because these are quite big words, but when we break them down, there's a a lot more that goes on beneath the surface. Uh, Azman, last year, uh, then Science, Technology and Innovation Minister uh, Datuk Sri Dr. Adam Baba said that since MCY started in uh, 2016, that's Malaysian Commercialization mm-hmm. Year, of course, a total of 434 technology products and services have been commercialized to local international markets and the quoted sales value was around 480, uh, 476 million ringgit. Um, could you give us a sense here of the types of Tech products and services that we're talking about. Um, are we, you know, we earlier we we gave mm. some allusions where we're talking about oil well repair, uh, being able to produce more male prawns in agri business, so you know more mass, higher yield production. Uh, anything else that comes to mind, especially when we that, that number there. Um, so we, what we have uh, found out um, over the past year, I mean, the MCY is about uh, bringing R&D products that uh, have gotten assistance from the government to ensure that whatever government has uh, actually in the past helped them to develop products are going to actually go to the market. Yeah. Um, so a lot of these were uh, in, in areas of... of uh, of interest to users and consumers. We don't want to produce something that is not really um, having any demand or very slow, low demand in the market. Um, and also able to actually generate more revenues. That's hence the 400 over million yeah. ringgit so far as collective uh, community revenue from all of these 400 over products and technologies produced. Uh, so the likes of the oil well crack uh, treatment and also the uh, male prawn and many others, you, you, as as high as uh, as high tech uh, product uh, that we're trying to uh, elevate Malaysia becoming a high tech nation uh, in AI that 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 are now producing ability to to detect cancer just by by I mean 
blowing your your through like a yeah, breathalyzer yeah, mag, breathalyzer mag. Wow. so but this requires a lot of testing yeah. i mean uh, real world testing and hence sandboxing can come into play that we have so mostly has sandbox a sandbox that allows real world environment kind of testing of products and to see whether we can actually test it in real world with with a, a bit more flexibility in terms of uh, uh, managing the regulations and whatnot. Um, some of these um, that high tech that requires us to actually safety on to the consumer before we can actually support the products into going to the market like health related products we have to ensure that it's safe to to use. Of course. But there are also consumer products like you were saying about the, this pain from this uh, yeah. Hong Kong. We have this particular from uh, product from uh, I think it was from University of Science Malaysia, uh, a nano pain um, that that can are able to actually prevent. Um, uh, uh, disease. I mean, um, what do you call that? Uh, diseases like bacteria or viruses from from clinging on that on the pain. Ah. So I mean, normally um, stuff like um, uh, silver or, or because silver or argentum is a is a chemical, it's an element that 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 I mean germs don't like. Yeah. It can kill them. So so the nanoparticles from this silver are embedded into the pain materials, and then you can actually pain on the wall and, and, and then it's it's safe for up to one year. So it's, that's consumer products. Um, so a lot more, I mean, we're not talking about, uh, nutri- I mean, cosmetic products, but they're also nutraceuticals. Mm-hmm. Nutraceuticals from herbs. Uh, herbs, are a lot of, of, of those are in Malaysia. Though. Those are the, the kinds of, uh, from the as, as um, not as low as low, <laughs> but as, 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 uh, as, u- as usual, as in, as, as much as usual products to the consumer, to the highest of, of technology that you can imagine yeah. that our industry are looking for, those are the things that we're looking at. You know, a lot of times we look to or we think about innovation coming from uh, startups and businesses, but in actuality, a lot of it comes from universities. Uh, it comes from inst- institutions of education where a lot of its R&D is being done. A lot of areas that have seen development are usually around a university, right? That's the same thing in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley relied on Caltech. Uh, Boston re- relied on MIT. How um, do you, how in Malaysia, right? You, you just cited USM there. How is our R&D, uh, R&D seen uh, in the universities here? How active are they? Well, they're very active and they are uh, starting to um, um, having this upward trend of mm. getting more bis- uh, companies or industries into the university setting. Uh, USM, for example, they're very good in E&E, electrical and electronics industry. They work with the likes of Intel's in the up north there. They were, so, so this is this is just this is one uh, organization called Crest, uh, collaborative research on uh, uh, engineering, science, and technology. Um, so funding from the government is uh, earlier it was just uh, less than fifty percent. Now funding for doing research collaboratively between these two settings of universities and and E and E players in the up north and Penang, uh, their contribution is more than sixty percent right now. So we're starting to see more of that uh, in, in that regard. But, but of course, uh, there's also some um, areas that we can improve further. Like for example, uh, talents or experts expertise in research in, in research in the private sector. Um, we still need to beef that up further mm-hmm. because percentage-wise, the number of researchers or I mean knowledge or expertise in for for private industries to actually um, get more involved in R and D because of the lack of I mean the lower number of talent percentage-wise in the private sector compared to the private I mean public higher education institution and so on. Um, is still is still not uh, is, we can still improve improve on that on that on that figure. 
Um, last year, when uh, Adam Baba was talking at the MCY, uh, he said that the aim was to commercialize 500 local research and development products, technologies and services through the MCY uh, by 2025, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think we noted earlier 434 technology products and services have been commercialized so far. Um, any more progress on this since last year? Uh, well, yeah, well, of course, there, there, <laughs> there are. there's progress. Um, I mean, that 500 is on top of whatever we have done before. So it's an additional 500 additional goal. Additional 500, that's a goal. So it's, we're coming from this um, MCY, so to speak, uh, special KPRs that we'll be looking for. Mm. Uh, whoever has gotten funding from the government, please be, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> come, to, come to us. We want to make sure where you are going afterwards. There's also this um, uh, sandbox, National Technology Innovation Sandbox Platform, where we have opened this in 2020, um, in 2020 and we have so far uh, supported more than uh, 100 uh, products. Uh, close to 30 have been completed, generating more than 58 million ringgit kind of revenue. Uh, so Sandbox is a way that, that uh, you, I mean, those out there who wants to actually test your products and before you can enter to the market, uh, where we allow you to, uh, to, to and help you out working with uh, the likes of construction companies, the highways com- highway companies plus and whatnot, uh, and even uh, uh, more advanced uh, uh, AI uh, testing or even drone, uh, they, are, they are sandboxing in, in that regard. So there are progress, a uh, lot of uh, good um, products uh, already entering into, uh, into the market in, in Europe, for example, exporting markets. Um, we will be announcing uh, uh, the exact figure uh, in, in, on Friday. Uh, the Prime Minister of Malaysia will be there uh, to, uh, to um, I mean, to actually award uh, the winner with that recognition, and also uh, announcing how far have been uh, we are able to have been so able so far getting the numbers uh, because it's, it's still a, a game, I mean, a numbers game here. We have to have more entrepreneurs. We have more players in in doing innovation. And um, these are progressing well. So we'll find out uh, in two days' time then. Um, while, we, while I have you in the studio, on a related note, while you're talking, while you mentioned the Prime Minister, last week we had the Madani Economic Framework uh, speech come out and the government's looking to allocate an additional 100 million ringgit to intensify research, development, commercialization, and innovation with a focus on industrial needs. And we're talking about things like renewable energies, food security, new growth areas. And of course, this is part of the government's goal of ensuring that gross domestic expenditure on R&D compromises 3.5% of GDP, as well as enable the country to be placed within the top 20 global innovation index by 2025. So a lot of things there. The one thing I want to pay attention to here is that goal, right? 3.5% of GDP. Why is it important to have a goal such as this? Uh, Is it to ensure that the nation is spending uh, why is it important to have a goal to ensure that the nation is spending a certain amount of money on R&D? Okay. Um, if you want to become uh, self-reliant uh, as a country to owning technologies and be able to actually bring it uh, bring it out further, like whatever, whoever, South Korea, um, Taiwan, have, of course Japan and others have been able to do it, even in the EU. They spend a lot of uh, research uh, um, funds to spur innovation. Um, so uh, there's, there's this uh, correlation that shows uh, a better, more effective, uh, and of course efficient, optimum amount of uh, funds allocated for R&D will eventually help uh, GDP growth. 
uh, and hence this uh, GERD term uh, uh, is introduced or have been have been in practice for quite some time. Uh, GERD stands for gross uh, expenditure. Uh, of a country on R&D uh, as a ratio to the, its GDP. So 3.5% is a target of, of, of Malaysia uh, to achieve in 2030 uh, so that uh, a lot of uh, research work and uh, innovation work can, can, be, can be supported and eventually a lot of them will and shall be uh, entering mark into, mark into uh, bigger markets. Uh, and when we talk about uh, competitiveness, uh, a country is, is seen whether through some, I mean, a lot of time through indexes. I mean, you you, you see world competitiveness here uh, announcing the, uh, the index of countries. Uh, there is also an index on innovation. So Global Innovation Index uh, put Malaysia uh, around 30, 32, 33 positions so far out of uh, more than 100 over countries. So that, that's, that's uh, if you could compare that uh, upper middle, amongst upper middle income countries where we're, we're, we're not, and we're good. So these are the numbers that investors are looking at to see where we are in terms of our capability. So it's both a, a kind of like a beacon to show that we are here, we're a hub of technology, of innovation, and we're willing to put our money behind that. Mm. Um, another one I have you in the studio with me. Now, a key point we often hear from startup founders and investors is that government support is often siloed and fragmented, right? You've got various different... Uh, parties working together as opposed to as a single point of contact, uh, like Enterprise Singapore, for example. So you've got Memdec, Maranti, Cradle, MDV, and I've spoken to all of these folks in the various degrees, you know, all have their mandates and KPIs and their roles. But the map can sometimes be a bit difficult to pinpoint in terms of which agency or body is the right for my right one for my startup. Um, is there anything Mosty is doing about this to kind of streamline all of this? Uh, so okay, from every, I mean, um, throughout the years, I mean, uh, that those are the things that we have to actually streamline and and make sure that they are coordinated. So uh, last year, I mean, 2022, um, Cradle was um, um, appointed as uh, a focal point agency for startups. That is the first step towards uh, bringing everybody. Uh, on a uh, sort of a, a platform, all these agencies are then working, uh, addressing all the 16, 16 interventions for the startup uh, roadmap, uh, including funding, including facilitation of uh, acceleration, capacity building, and whatnot. So uh, we're now working on uh, closely with uh, all of these uh, agencies that you, you mentioned just now, uh, and a lot more out there, uh, on, and to see um, what are the op- if there are programs that are similar, how do we leverage on each other's strength? Uh, because um, after, after in, in existence for quite some time, more than 20 years, our cradle is 20 years old already. Yeah. Um, MDAX, uh, I mean, along that also. They, they have, they have um, uh, accumulated a lot of experience and expertise. Um, so we're, we're moving towards maybe perhaps uh, identifying a window that will allow startups to understand uh, in a better manner and how to approach all of this. So we're, we're starting to do it now, doing it right now. To wrap up this conversation, uh, Azman, what are some of uh, Malaysia's innovation and commercialization challenges that are now key priorities for Mosti at the at present? Well, there are a lot, uh, but maybe perhaps I'll, I'll name uh, uh, one or two. Uh, the focus is to uh, fo- uh, bringing R and D and ensuring them them that they are demand driven R and D. Uh, many at times in the past. Uh, 
we are struggling to uh, understand whether when you do research whether there are demands because demands in the future keep changing isn't it so so we have to be able to foresight areas of focus for us to invest into R&D and maybe perhaps the other one is the focus is to um, help uh, the the rest of the work they've done so far uh, in terms of uh, opening up more markets and uh, some of the work that we're working uh, in the part of the government is allowing a, a, a special market access to certain uh, allowable procurement from the government. So we're looking and we've announced that uh, we called it my STI uh, procurement process. Uh, that's already in, uh, in the pipeline. Dato, mm. uh, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Sure. Thank you very much, Roshan. Folks, I've been speaking with Dato Dr. Mohammad No Azman bin Hassan, Deputy Secretary General for Technology Development uh, at the Ministry of Science, Technology and Innovation, more commonly known as MOSTI. He oversees the policies and development of the science, technology and innovation ecosystem to support the socio-economic development of the country. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. Our shows are also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just look up Enterprise BizBytes. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening in about 20 minutes or so after the 1pm news bulletin of course. The Hong Kong Stock Exchange is one of the largest in the world and also in Asia but it is seeing the lowest number of IPOs in 20 years this first half of 2023. The CEO of HKEX shares with us their look north policy and strategies for growth in a rising competitive landscape. Uh, so be sure to stick around for that conversation. I'm Roshan Kennison. This has been Enterprise BizBytes. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.